0: Hello and welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me that you take the time out of your day to hear what I have to say. Great episode coming up with Tim. And I wanna just preface that you can go to covertnerd.net and get the links for all of this episode and past episodes. You can download and subscribe on pretty much any app out there that you can find. So, click on the link in the show notes for more information about this episode and how to contact me, how to contact Tim. Let me know what you think about these episodes. If you like them, don't like them, whatever topic you want to talk about in other episodes, let me know if there's something there you want to discuss. So, without further ado, let's dive right in and nerd it up with Tim. We've got Tim here from Rainbow Comics again. He's he's practically a co-host on here, but he is the comic book extraordinaire, and we're going to talk a little stargirl. First off, tell us why Star Girl is just so amazing.
1: Uh Stargirl is amazing for a few different reasons. Um, my favorite reason is uh, she's she's a legacy character, so a legacy character for you know, I, I use that term all the time. But for those of you who don't know, it means that she's not the first star person in continuity. And that's true for the comic and it's also true for the TV show. Um, so in the and my familiarity with Stargirl is mostly from the comics, but I also finished season one of the show and I absolutely love it. So we'll get So to maybe that.
0: spoilers. I guess we better warn you ahead of time. Yeah, we're
1: gonna definitely I'm gonna okay. spoil, spoil I'm all spoil over it. it, but uh I'm gonna make sure that you're gonna, even if you've not seen it, if I spoil it for you, you're gonna wanna watch it. But Stargirl essentially is the most recent bearer of the title. Um, Her name is Courtney Whitmore, um, but she's she's part of a legacy of multiple iterations of what up until now have been Star-mans. Not Star-men, because they're different versions of Star-man. So there are multiples of Star-man, which would be (laughs) Star-mans. If they were multiple at the same time, that would be Star Men. Men, okay. This is Star. Man. I was going to correct you and say it was Star no, no, Men, no, no. but it's, it like it's definitely men. okay. No, trust me, I have a master's in English. This, these are <laughs> these are Star Man's different versions okay. of Star Man. Uh, but this is Star Girl. Um, the staff that she carries was actually carried by Jack Knight, who was the previous Star Man in the comics. Uh, in the TV show, at Sylvester Pemberton, we'll get to him. But uh, and it's a cosmic staff. It's a cosmic staff that was created by Jack's dad, Ted. Uh, Ted Knight created the technology for the cosmic uh, cosmic staff, uh, and he actually, when his dad, who was Starman during World War II, had he the prototype was the staff, and he actually condensed it into a. Uh, <laughs> Kind of a scepter, wasn't it? It was a cosmic, it was, it was, it was, it was a cosmic, cosmic rod. Uh, (laughs) He had, he had the cosmic rod and the gravity belt and uh, the gravity belt helped him fly. And the cosmic rod was a little wand that did basically what the staff does. Um, And things happen in Starman. I'm going to say this. There's a Starman run that was written by James Robinson with art primarily done by Tony Harris and Peter Snatchberg. And it came out in like, man, when did it come out? I want to say maybe 97 to like 2000, 2001, okay. something like that. It might have been 95. I don't know the dates offhand. I can look them up. But uh, there was a Starman run that spun out of the um, zero year event, I believe it was. It yeah. And because it started with Starman number zero. Uh, that comic going from Starman zero all the way through Starman number 80 to include a bunch of annuals and one shots and tie ins and even going up to the Blackest Night event that happened a few years ago. Yeah. They did Starman 81 to resurrect a dead series. Ah, uh, okay. Starman is my favorite comic of all time. Uh, of all time that's saying a lot like i love i love comics and i love elephant men is like still my favorite comic that's currently published but like if you put a gun to my head and you ask me what my favorite comic book is it is it is james robinson's entire run on starman ah Uh, okay and this is kind of a spin-off of that this this is very much like her her legacy is jack's legacy is david's legacy is ted's legacy is to the point where it's so much my favorite that uh, I actually have been commissioning um, comic book artists to draw different iterations of Star People. Uh, I'm currently waiting on Jan Dersima, uh who's a notable Star Wars artist. Uh, she did a lot of a lot of the like Clone Wars era uh, Dark Horse stuff. She also did Star Wars uh, Legacy, uh, both of those with John Ostrander by the way which ooh, super good but i'm waiting on her she's doing a, a sketch for me of star girl so how many commissions great. do you have right now star man star girl i guess uh one two three f- four and a half okay. let's
0: uh <laughs> for the show notes let's i'll have steven get
1: some pictures yeah, so yeah, we I'll can get put in more you. show notes so everybody can see but I'll, I'll get them for you my my most recent uh, is a peach momoko Uh, and I, man, if, if any of my normal, uh, patrons for, for rainbow comics are, are listening, they know how much I love peach (laughs) mama. Yes. Um, but yeah, I also had another piece done, um, from a supporting character of Starman that was done by Kaylin Smith. And anytime I get a chance to promote Kaylin Smith's work, I, I do it. She's super nice. Yeah. She, uh, she's got a, she's got a, she just finished her Kickstarter. I can't push it. So, my bad. But, uh, no, she's... We'll put she's a link absolutely- to
0: her information in the show oh notes. Check gosh. her out if you haven't I, heard of her.
1: I love her. I love her so much. Anyway, Star Girl. um, She's great. Yes. Are we done? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to ask, okay, so she's kind of a spinoff of Starman. Now, real quick, Starman, though, got started way back in the 50s?
1: Four. Or Starman in the 40s, even.
0: Well, I know her kind of suit or costume is based on the Star Spangled Kid, which was back in nineteen forty one. I did a little homework on that and I'll include some links in the show notes for some of the art. And you can tell it's it's very it just screams 40s golden age type of artwork and punching Nazis and all
1: sorts of things. But that's kind of where her her outfit I guess kind of came from. Uh Ted Knight, who was the first star man, <clears throat> excuse me, made his first appearance in Adventure Comics number sixty-one in April of nineteen forty-one. Okay,
0: so the okay, so this this all the Star Spangled Kid, Stripesies, or or whatever, all that was in that era, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, it's
1: it's like legit original JSA good stuff. And James Robinson's run on Starman took every character who's ever borne the name Starman and put them all together, like um. When we think of Green Lantern, we think of, like, Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan or, but, or the Green Lantern Corps. What we don't ever think of really, and that's I'm speaking generally, like, there's comic book fans who are like, you're absolutely crazy. But before Hal Jordan existed in, like, the 60s, 70s, there was uh, Alan Scott was Green Lantern, and he was completely different. Um, same with, if we look at a lot of the JSA heroes, like The Flash yeah. and Mr. Terrific, um, Around the silver age of comics, like the 60s and 70s, DC made a push to reinvent all of their characters and really went for a sci-fi take instead of like a mystical take or a strongman take. So uh, we ended up getting a couple different cosmic versions of Starman who don't carry the Knight family name, like Ted Knight, David Knight, Jack Knight. Uh, and even Courtney Whitmore, to an extent, she's not related to the Knights at all, but she's earned the right to be Stargirl. Um, so there's there's some really cool stuff about legacy. And you'll hear me, if, if we ever do a whole episode on Starman, the thing that you will hear me say ad nauseum is legacy, legacy, legacy. Uh, and that carries over into themes in Stargirl herself. That's interesting. But yeah, we're, we're looking at a character that goes all the way back to the 40s and for some reason... It's a show here in 2020, and we're talking about it, and it's relevant, and that's super-duper cool to me.
0: Well, I just love the idea that the, the versions of, like you said, Green Lantern, Starman, all that, are actually reboots of the characters from the 40s. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that now we're hearing it or seeing it all again to a whole new audience that has no idea you know, where this all
1: came from. There's, there's going to be so many people who are far- far younger than I am who will not care that there's that any star person existed before Courtney. And that's fine. They don't have to, that's, that's completely fine. But there's going to be those of us old people who are sitting in the corner like back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> back in the star 90s. Star man was a man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so she
0: makes her first, well, Courtney makes her first appearance back in 99.
1: No, no. 97.
0: Oh, it was a 97.
1: I believe it was 97. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Uh, Yeah, she showed up in Stars and Stripe number one. Um, And the only reason I know it was 97 uh, is because she was created by Jeff Johns, uh, who is one of the big wigs over at DC now, Uh, one of the best comic book writers of this generation. Um, But uh, one of the things that very much affected Jeff Johns was the loss of his sister. She died in 1996 in a plane crash, Uh, and her name was Courtney um elizabeth johns and so when he first got his writing gig at dc they allowed him to revamp stripesy and the star-spangled kid and the first thing he did was make the star-spangled kid uh a girl and he named her courtney elizabeth uh whitmore as uh, a tribute to his sister passing. Because she was... His sister, I believe, had just graduated high school. Yeah, I remember
0: in the article said she was getting ready to go to college. Yeah, I think
1: she was like 17 or 18 when she died. Um, And that just was something that just stuck with Jeff Johns. And he thought, you know, if he could just write a comic and celebrate her legacy that way. Um, And now, you know, she's a TV star. And it's kind of, you know, uh, it's tragic. And it's very, very sad. But it's very neat and kind of amazing that on some level, just something he did to honor his sister and to do a, a little gig at a comic book as, as a comic book is now, you know, you can a TV show. Go watch it on TV, and and people will dress up as her now, and it's it's kind of cool.
0: Did you read the comic first? The one in 97 and then the show? Well, obviously you read the show or watch the show later, but I
1: watched. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, w- I've been aware of star girl, um, mostly in relation to star man, okay. uh, for a long time, stars and stripe was out of print. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, DC reprinted it into two trades. Uh, and I owned the first trade and just never got around to reading it. And then just around the time the show came out, they actually released another trade um, that I currently have at Rainbow Comics uh, that actually has the entirety of the Stars and Stripes series, which was issues 0 through 14. And then it also has JSA All-Stars number 4, which is where she officially adopts the name Stargirl. Um, So I had read her uh, in—she makes some very— Very brief appearances in the James Robinson Starman run, but then reading Jeff John's run on JSA, which I very much recommend. Uh, She was a major player in that. She was a big player in the, uh, oh, what was the new 52 book? Uh, Justice League of America. uh, Yeah, Justice League. Oh, gosh. It was this one the, the new 52? Yeah, Justice League of America. That and that was written by Johns again. Uh, and Dave Finch did at least the first arc on that. And Dave, anytime I can see Dave Finch draw anybody, he's got a very it.
0: kind of dark, gritty style. Yeah, maybe no, I don't know how you sure. describe it.
1: Um, I first saw his work on Bendis's New Avengers, and to this day, he's still just one of the greatest one of the greatest superhero artists I believe but he is very very gritty but to see like even even Courtney can't keep his art style gritty you can't help but like like Jay Lee couldn't make her gloomy because she's just a, a ray of sunshine like anytime, Anytime she's down, you do like your heart breaks, and you just like my big brother instinct Give kicks her a hug. in, and I, like, <laughs> I need to protect her from all of the bad things in the world. It's oh,
0: her first, uh, her, the first run, Stars and, and Stripe is just a fun, quirky book. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty it's, lighthearted.
1: It's an all ages book, and it's about a girl. Trying to learn to live with her new stepdad in the middle of nowhere Nebraska, uh, and Blue Valley, Blue Valley, Blue Valley, Nebraska, home of uh, Wally West. Yes. Um, so there's a thing, <laughs> but uh, Blue Valley, Nebraska, also where the show takes place. I was watching the show with my girlfriend, and we decided that if Blue Valley existed, it's it would probably be close to Grand Island but probably the size of Omaha. Ah, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's we, funny. It, it does, there's no such place as Blue Valley, Nebraska. There is a Blue Valley in Nebraska, but it's a literal valley. Yeah. <laughs> it's not there's a city. no town. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the crux of it is just a girl trying to figure out her identity. She doesn't know her dad. Um, her stepdad and her don't have the best relationship, and then they tend, they bond over... Crime fighting, Yep.
0: Basically. superheroes, being superheroes, superheroing. Because she finds the Star Spangled Kid's suit, mm-hmm. which has the belt, yes. and then then he has his. Uh, what I don't forget with the robot, the stripe. I stripe stands yeah. for.
1: Oh yeah, it's something in the show. Um, the Star Spangled, well, in the Star Spangled, uh, the Star Spangled Kid, the original one, Sylvester Pemberton. In the comics, he grows up to be Skyman. Uh, in the show. The Star Spangled Kid grows up to be Starman, uh, devoid of the legacy in the, the comics. Sylvester Pemberton was never Starman. That's important. So, Lee, do I now have to get Sylvester Pemberton drawn as Starman for my collection? You That's might, what I. You might I, have to. I need to figure that out because technically in the comics he wasn't but in the show he was, and I do love the show, but in the, (laughs) (laughs) I digress. In the, in the show though, uh, Starman, she believes that Sylvester Pemberton is her dad, is her biological father. Uh, and she gets the staff. She finds the staff with his things and the staff only ever responded to Sylvester Pemberton. And here it is. It's responding to her. So she's like, Oh, it only responded to him. I must be his daughter. Um, and so she she then decides that she is Star Girl to celebrate Star Man's legacy. And her stepfather Stripesy is like, I don't think Star Man was your dad, uh, because he was Starman's sidekick, basically. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm. Excuse me if I'm rambling. I apologize. Uh, also in Blue Valley, in the the world of the TV show, not the comic, but the world of the TV show, that's where the JSA was based, um, like. Big round table. It says Justice Society of America. So she goes there with her dad because her dad is showing her what the JSA used to be and this is what heroism is. And uh, 10 years ago, there was a massive attack and Stripesy and Rex Tyler are the only people who lived and Rex Tyler was our man. Uh, So she ends up breaking in to steal a whole bunch of JSA artifacts. So she's got the Green Lantern, she's got Dr. Midnight's goggles, she's got uh, I think she might have the Helmet of Fate Um, she's got a whole bunch of other stuff Uh, it's alluded to that she's got the pen that has the genie in it oh Um,
0: wow they're really going they they really go all out and And
1: so like the B plot throughout the show so the A plot is Courtney being Stargirl the B plot is Courtney going to high school now stay with me okay (laughs) hang on folks this is not Your 90210 high school, this is your Buffy high school. Um, I love all of these kids. I love them all. They're all very good. Um, Throughout the course of the show, she makes new friends, and those friends are outcasts and misfits. Uh, She recruits those kids to be the new JSA. So there's a girl at school who's been ostracized because photos of her were leaked and she blamed somebody and it wasn't this this whole drama thing yeah. but she's really tough uh, and she ends up getting Wildcat's old gear and when she puts on Wildcat's yeah. gear she actually gets a boost to her super strength there's a bookwormy person who's very introverted and she gets Dr Midnight's goggles and it actually has like an AI and they're kind of like Jarvis oh, yeah. and so she ends up bonding with this little AI. And, uh, and you really get to see her grow and become more assertive. And then we've got a Dr. Fate. And there's a bunch of teases for the future of the show with more JSA people. And we get flashbacks to 10, 15 years ago when the JSA was active. And here's the most believable part of the show. Is the entire town of Blue Valley is secretly run by the Injustice Society. It is, like, the principal of the school, like, the mayor. Like, there's a senator in Nebraska who's based out of Blue Valley. And they're, they're all these D-level DC villains. And it is... And complete with, like, the ridiculously flowery get-ups. They're really over the top. Like, the magician is in this. And it's so dumb. One of the major villains is Icicle. And... And, like, you and I laugh because it's a little ridiculous. But when you watch the show, you believe it. Like, you're very, very invested, and it feels very dangerous. And there's kids in the high school who die. Like, there's, there's death in the show, and they have to deal with it. Um, but it's, it's very, very smart. It, it makes me question the longevity of the show, Uh, because I don't know, like when you go to pitch a show, I don't know if I brought this up or not, but when you pitch a show to a network, you generally, you have a detailed idea of your first season and then you give them your ideas for seasons two and three, because usually by the time you get to about season three, you could potentially hit a hundred episodes. And once you hit a hundred episodes, you're in syndication. Yep. So, uh, the whole idea is we want to make sure we can get to a hundred episodes. So I don't know realistically, what the legs on the show will be if it takes place in a small town in Nebraska and it's run by the supervillains and we already know about them and we're taking them down. But that's, you know, inside baseball. Uh, but I'm very, very curious about
0: it. I love the idea of pulling from this old, old stuff that's just been sitting in mothball, so to speak, for 30 years or more and resurrecting it for a new audience. I mean, why not?
1: Well, you can only watch the same character so many times like like i can like captain boomerang sure i mean like we see him in the movies like he's been in the tv shows like it's okay or you know i don't want to see the joker and the riddler and the penguin and i don't I, i don't need to see 10 million different versions of them show me icicle show me the magician show me like maybe they'll bring in crazy quilt i don't know uh, that actually would be the most <laughs> Nebraska villain I could think of. What is it again? Oh, Sorry,
0: Crazy again. Quilt. Crazy Quilt.
1: Yeah, yeah he, I it's, don't recognize it. Don't worry about it. It's a thing. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd rank him down there with uh, the Condiment King, uh, <laughs> Calendar Man. <laughs> cal- no, don't we don't we don't talk bad about Calendar Man. <laughs> Go read the Long Halloween. Then we'll talk about. Calendar Oh, okay. Man. Good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, what's what's really fun is. Most, I'd say, your general uh everyman comic book reader, right? Like, like Joe Schmo, Jane Schmo, coming in, just just you know, reads Batman, X Men, whatever. um They're they're not going to be as familiar as I am with Doctor Midnight and Wildcat and Star Girl and and all of this stuff. They're not going to know. Uh, and again, the Green Lantern that's in the show is Alan Scott's Green Lantern. This isn't the Green Lantern from Oa. This has no ties to a Green Lantern Corps. Um, it's, it's so conceptually different. We also saw... Um, we also saw the helmet of the Flash, the Flash, the uh, the okay. golden. I can't yes. think his name. Oh my oh gosh. gosh, the one from the Jay Garrick. There you go, Jay Garrick. We see we see Jay Garrick's helmet, and I I know his powers didn't come from the helmet. So if you you see that and you're like, oh my gosh, but somebody else sees that, like
0: I don't know what you're talking
1: about. What's great too is in the room where the JSA stuff is, you see like there's little pillars, and on that let's say there's a pillar, and on the pillar is a pillow. And on top of the pillow is like Green Lantern's ring. Mm-hmm. Behind that is a giant banner hanging from the ceiling. And it definitely, I'm not sure, it's been a hot second since I've seen the show, but my brain remembers it as like an Alex Ross painting of Alan Scott. Nice. And so behind Jay Garrick's is like those, you know, you've seen Alex Ross too. Oh yeah, he's doing something, stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's doing something very similar right now at Marvel with their Timeless variants, but it's kind of like that, but with a black background and, and you see all of the JSA people rendered in like this Alex Ross looking painting. Oh, that oh looks so it just blew your mind. It's so good. Speaking of obscure characters in Stargirl, Shining Knight. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. The Shining Help. Knight is a massive character in this show. Like to the point where I was thinking maybe he's her dad. <laughs> explain Shining Knight because I, I have no idea. I cannot okay. explain Shining Knight. The best thing I could do is, okay, King Arthur... Has knights.
0: Oh, I think I know. he looks like Dirk the Daring from the Dragon's Lair video game. or yes. something. Yeah, he has a yes. helmet, that kind yes. of round
1: helmet. Only he has maybe gone a little crazy.
0: Because he was in, and, I think, the Justice League cartoon. Yes, for that that one uh, episode yeah. that had everybody with no yes. powers. Uh-huh. Yes, it's super Okay. Great. Now I know this, you're talking about. In
1: this, he's kind of lost his mind. He's got a scraggly beard. He's this high school janitor. Um, and you find out that Stripesy used to be one of the seven soldiers of victory uh, and one of the people like so it was Stripesy and Shining Knight and Green Arrow and there's actually a picture of the seven soldiers and it is the most silver age thing like Green Arrow has like get the baby face with like the poofy green jacket and like the the yellow hat mm-hmm. and it's so great uh and it's it's something that Again, we're in 2020, and we're talking about the Seven Soldiers of Victory, which was a comic in, like, the 50s, yeah. and it's so great. It's so cool, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Well, and stri- I'm not even stripesy. talking about Stargirl, at apologize. Stripesy alone,
0: you know, is in the 40s, and, and does it explain in the TV show why she has the, the Star-Spangled Kids uniform, which is very, very World War II-ish?
1: Yeah, um, well, in uh, in episode one... Of the show, we see Sylvester Pemberton's Starman, and he's basically wearing a version of what we see her wearing, um, but it's white uh, and there's no mask. Um, there's 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 white pieces all over it, and she's basically like, "I'm not wearing this," and she alters it. But it's oh, in okay. the it's in the crate with uh, the with the staff, the staff. Okay. which by the way. I need that staff. Okay. I, I need it. Speaking of the staff, so
0: the Star-Spangled Kid's belt gave him powers. Does she in the show, because I've never watched it, does she have
1: the get powers from the belt and the staff? She, the belt has no powers in the show. Uh, in the show, all of the powers come from the staff, and the staff may or may not have its own personality which is super cool. So symbiote type? Maybe, but it's confirmed in the show that the staff was created by Ted Knight. They said, okay. they said Ted Knight's name, and I freaked out, and, and my girlfriend told me to hush.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Question then, could somebody watch the TV show
1: and have absolutely no comic book background whatsoever? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. In fact, I would say if all you know is the TV show, be very careful transitioning over to the comics because what you know in the show is not going to be true for the comics. And the same thing, I'm a fan of the legacy of this character. I'm a Stargirl fan. I'm a Starman fan. I love all of that. So when the show came out, I was super nervous because I was like, I I don't need it to be a beat-for-beat beat adaptation. But I need recognition that the stuff I like matters to okay. some extent. And I got that completely. Like Within the first 15 minutes of the first episode of the show, I was like, oh, we're safe. We're good. They completely reverently hold the Knights up to a place where they ought to be. By Knights, I mean Ted Knight and his sons, David and and, uh, Jack. To the extent where one of the biggest supporting characters in the Starman comics is the Shade, who... Uh, when Ted, the original Starman, was Starman, his arch rival was the Shade. And in the comics, you know, that was in the 40s, and the comics take place in the 90s, and the Shade's basically immortal. And he's like, I'm kind of done being a bad guy. I'm I'm bored with it. I'm going to try being a good guy. And he ends up being, like, one of the major supporting players. So here's your big spoiler warning for the end of uh, Stargirl Season 1. There's a post-credits scene. And we don't see him specifically, but there's a little bit of a cloud and a little bit of a, of, a, of a blur. And oh my gosh, you guys, season two's been confirmed. It's going, I don't remember, I think it's a CW exclusive because the DC Universe app is going away. But season two is happening, and we're getting the shade, and oh my gosh. Did your girlfriend have to tell you to be quiet? Yes. <laughs> <That was laughs> also, <awesome. laughs> here's a fun thing too. Two of the main writers on the Stargirl TV show, maybe you've heard of them, uh, Jeff Johns, James Robinson. So the people who made me fall in love with these characters are so integral to the show. They have producing credits in TV. When you have a producing credit, that basically means you're one of the staff writers. You're in charge of those scripts. It's different than being a producer on a movie. Um, these like every single script is going through Jeff John's hands and he created Courtney and every script is also going through James Robinson's hands. He created the legacy of Starman. Uh, and so as a fan of the comics and as a fan of the show, I am so completely like, it's like a blanket and I like, I know even if something horrific happens, it's going to be great.
0: Well, that's so it's, that's probably why it's so good because Jeff Johns is in there writing it, producing it—the same guy that created the comic book and created the character. I mean, so that makes a big difference on why it's probably so
1: good. I think so, and I don't believe that in order for things to be good, we absolutely have to have somebody who's related to the source material. Uh, not necessarily, but, but when it because that could be a double-edged sword. Because you have somebody who's too married to the material. You run the risk of it being too pandering. Yeah. And what we have here is uh, people... Because James Robinson has written movies and TV shows before. So has Jeff Johns. They've written stuff outside of that. So there are two people who know how to tell a story in this medium. And they understand the difference between television sure. and comics. Yeah. And those are very, very important distinctions to have. their Their goal is not to make a good Stargirl show, their goal is to make a good show that has Stargirl in it. Uh, and it's so. And I think that's a very important distinction because we're not looking at a direct adaptation of Stars and Stripe. We're not looking at a direct adaptation of JSA. We're not looking at anything. We're not doing a one-to-one with the comics. But what you will find is um, Shiv, her, uh, her nemesis in Stars and Stripe, is her nemesis in the show. Um, you will see her relationship with her dad is very, very reminiscent dad or stepdad. of what had her stepdad, excuse me. Um, her, her relationship with Pat is very much reflected as it is in the comics, but it's it's set in a modern day because, you know, the world of twenty twenty and the world of nineteen ninety five are very different. Uh, and Jeff John's as a storyteller has grown. Uh, And Courtney Whitmore as a concept and a character and a legacy has, has grown. And so even now, if we had, uh, when Courtney shows up in something, we assume that it's still the same Courtney from all these older stories, but a 17, 18 year old girl in the new 52 is fundamentally going to be different from the 16 year old girl who was portrayed in 1995, 1997, whatever, what have you. Uh, And it's, it's, It's interesting to me. Like, you know, how do you, how do you, in the, in the fluid continuity of comics, how do you make that believable? How do you, how do you continue to make me believe that this teenager who in reality hasn't aged all that much in 23 years Uh, you know, she's maybe a year or two older than when we last saw her. She might be 17 now. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, And how do you, how can you write her believably now and still make me believe that this is the same person? And um, I, I honestly believe that, that the writing team and the actress who plays star girl is just completely believable. It's so very real. Like I am, all right, look, I'm 37 and we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a, 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 a girl who's who's uh, you know this is a woman portraying a young girl so when i say i'm in love with star girl i'm not i'm platonically in love with the concept of the character Um, watching the show i believe in courtney whitmore as a high schooler i believe in the problems that she runs into Um, i believe in the outlandish Silly idea of supervillains running this podunk town to try to take over the world. Uh, I believe in all of this stuff because I want to. Because Courtney needs me to believe in her. Because she is so good. She's just such... And, and not to say that she's above flaws. Sure. Um, she definitely makes mistakes, and as as you see her make mistakes, you're like, oh no, why would you do that? And you you just want nothing but for her to succeed. And and she pulls herself up. You see her at a very low point in the show. She pulls herself out of it, and you feel like this weird sense of pride for this fictional character, yeah. uh, who's just trying as hard as she possibly can. And she just, even if she's wrong, she wants to see it through to the end. Like she, everybody tells her. Sylvester Pemberton is not your father. and you get a definite answer in the show in the first season as to whether or not he is. I will not say it here because, haha, I have a modicum of power. But um, but yeah, no, I, I just I am absolutely in love with how the story is being told in a new medium. Uh, I think that this is a show, that I think parents should watch it first. But if you have, let's say, a younger teen, like, you know, if we're looking at, like, I'd say tween to teen, this might be a show to watch with your daughter. I, I think there are some themes in it that are a little bit more mature, but it, this versus something like I would never recommend Arrow to watch with your kids. Not that it's a bad show, but it's a little intense. Um, Flash, maybe. Supergirl, a little bit, maybe. But I think Stargirl. If, if you have a kid who's, like, interested in superheroes or you want to be able to show them something about superheroes and you don't think that maybe they're quite ready for something like Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America, um, Stargirl's a great show. And, again, I'm 37. I don't have kids. I look forward to this show when it's coming out. And You like the dynamic between the stepfather and, the, and her? Well, I, oh, I am a sucker. You know this about me, Lee. I am a sucker for any good dad story. Uh, it's one of my very favorite things, and again, you guys, legacy, uh, and it's it's about Star Girl understanding what it means to be Courtney Whitmore, and it's about Star Girl understanding what it means to be a star person, and it's about Star Girl trying to understand what it means to uphold the JSA, and how to be an adult in this weird community, and how to how to learn to trust people in a world where you shouldn't be trusting people, and it's it's very. It's it's very good. It's it's kind of surface level on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's an entry level for people who maybe don't think about that stuff in relationship to superheroes. And it's it's a very good it's a very good doorway into uh, a bigger concept.
0: Stripe it stands for Special Tactics Robot Integrated Power Enhancer. This is basically an Iron Man suit for yeah.
1: It's and and I don't yeah, I remember I don't in the comics. I don't know if they go into it, but in the show, since he's a mechanic, he built the stripe mechanic uh, the stripe thing out of old uh, hot rods.
0: Oh, I don't think I remember catching that in the comic book. Okay. it's very fun. I know. I remember there was this uh, in the comic book. They talk about him restoring an old car. The old uh, Starman David Knight, I think, asked him about that. The dad of the Starman said hey ted. did you fin- yeah ted did you finish restoring that you know 1949 whatever or something
1: and he's like i haven't gotten to that yet oh it's so good i i absolutely love this also her parents in the show um, are played by uh, amy smart plays her mom and pat is played by luke wilson And so we've got some pedigree actors in there. Like Amy Smart has just been in everything forever. And it's kind of fun to see her be like the lightning rod in the show. And then to have like Luke Wilson, everybody knows who Luke Wilson is. And he is, is there's sometimes where you see like uh, an actor in a superhero show and they kind of phone it in or whatever, but he is here for it. I completely believe him. He's one of my absolute favorite touchstones in the show. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I, the Little Mermaid, everybody talks about, you know, how you're getting older when you start to relate to Triton a little bit more where she's like, I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child anymore. And you're like, yes, you are a child. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding myself there. With uh, with Pat. And I'm very much on Pat's side for a lot of this stuff. He's like, you are 16. You should not be out there doing this. And it finally gets to the point where he's like, all right, look, if you're going to do this, I'm going to be there. Like, I'm going to at least make sure. It gets to the point where she gets beaten up by a bad guy pretty early in season one. And he takes his car. I think it's the same car you were talking about him building in the in the comics. He goes out at night and wrecks the car. Uh, and like gets like he deliberately wrecks it so he can he can take her to the hospital and be like she's beat up like she she's got all these bruises because she oh, was in a, a wreck. car
0: wreck. Oh okay, I see. Well, speaking to cosmic staff, I guess explain some of the the powers or I guess how how what it, what it can do what it can't do.
1: Um, it's very it lets brutal. her fly. I know that it's well in the yeah in the in the in the comics. Uh, because again I, I mostly know it from from the starman comics it's very bright uh, I know that sounds silly yeah he's got that's why he's got goggles uh he wears a leather jacket and the goggles and all that. Um, it's bright it shoots energy blasts. Um, I believe it gets to a point where it encases him so like when he's flying like an energy it, shield like an energy shield and I think he can breathe in space. I don't remember. In the show, it's semi-intelligent. We don't know for sure, but it can fly, and it can even like she's a gymnast in the show, uh, and it gets to the point where it can like fly above her head and then stop, and she can use it as a as a uneven bars. I'm not sure what do you call those. Like, yeah, uneven bars are like a seahorse. Saw horse. Saw. Excuse me. Saw horse does uh, the aerial reference yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> uh but uh but she'll she'll do her gymnastics off of the uh, off of the staff and it doesn't move at all and then once she she's done she'll just grab it and whip it around it's a lot like thor with his hammer uh exactly um so it's basically at this point in the show it hasn't been well defined and i think that's on purpose um we know it was created by ted um, we know that it seems to have some kind of a personality and it has a bond with her that's somewhat uh, investigated in the show but never gone into great detail.
0: Kind of like in Avengers, the well, in the,
1: in the movie with Doctor Strange's cape. Yes, kind of a protecting. lot like that. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's very similar to that. So she'll be asleep and then you'll hear uh, she'll wake up to a tap on her window and she'll open up her curtains and the staff will just be floating out there. <laughs> And uh, it's okay. like, come on, let's go. And she'll like, she'll sit on it, um, like she does. I've seen that as like a
0: yeah, like a surfboard type kind thing.
1: of. She'll she'll either use it like a surfboard or she'll ride on it like kind of like a bombshell yeah. thing where she'll like sit on it like a yeah. It's it's really cool. I don't know how to describe it because I am bad at visual <laughs> metaphor.
0: Well, it's it, now I assume obviously she doesn't have the staff, then she doesn't have any powers or is there any like residual energy that she still gets. No, like Thor gets a certain amount of time, I think. No.
1: No, her her powers are her, her her powers are very much tied to the staff if she doesn't have the staff she's left to her yeah cuz the bill the belt
0: has no power in this
1: no, no in this the in belt this, doesn't in the have a tv
0: show but in the comic book it gives
1: in the comics it does but also jack loses that pretty early uh, <laughs> so um when uh, when he's starman he definitely loses that man there's a whole thing one one day we'll talk. Okay, about star yeah.
0: um, <laughs> this is a star, star Girl, not this star, star Man. Star Girl, yeah. But uh, the bottom line is, watch it on CW, yeah. check it out, and then buy the comic book. Yeah. Check come, that
1: out. Come talk to me um, if you want to know where to start. I'll either point you at Stars and Stripe if you if you're not interested in that and you want to read some just really good superhero stuff. I can't recommend Jeff Johns' run on JSA enough. Um, it's completely finished. He actually co-wrote the first few issues of that with James Robinson, uh, and that very much it starts with Jack on the team and then Courtney's introduced and Jack basically gives her the staff and he's like you're star girl. Like just you carry on my life. So you
0: talked about, they did some flashbacks with the JSA. Would you like to see maybe two episodes, three episodes showing what happened to the JSA a little more detail or,
1: um, we get, uh, if the a plot is star girl and the B plot is Courtney in high school, the C plot is the villains. The D plot is JSA. So we get a healthy dose of the JSA. Um, There actually is an episode dedicated to what happened to the JSA. Okay, so they've already done that. And there's a lot of of exposition that goes into it, to the point where there's specific episodes that are named after characters, and we learn about their legacy and their history. And uh, I would absolutely love to see more of that. Could that be
0: a spinoff series? Do you think that would have some legs of just the
1: JSA? It could. Um, I don't know because they're all dead. So uh, it, I, it, I can't say no because who knows, you know, this is a world where the Spectre exists. And, you know, it's very possible that we could just get mass resurrection or they all they didn't die. They got shifted over to Earth 742. Yeah. I just meant
0: and, like a TV show. Do you think uh, they could do it?
1: A- I'd be I'm down for you it. you down like, for that? I'll, I'll take it like give it to me on h b o max even just give me like a six episode thing. Yeah. You know, i'll watch yeah, it's a it six parter we we are we are living in great times for for nerd stuff like we've got the Mandalorian, which I know my buddy uh Casey hasn't even watched season one of the Mandalorian yet really so yeah i he just hasn't even watched it i know the like the trailer for season two is out he's running out of time and he's the least cool person on the planet so uh how can you not? I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, all
0: you know, Netflix and CW, every, everybody's looking for content, so yeah, why 80. not? And I, I wonder, do you know, I guess, background on Jeff Johns, did he approach the CW or did CW approach him?
1: I know that this has been in the works for a while. Um, I know that they, in the early days of Arrow, they were talking about doing a Starman show. Um, and I know that this has been existing in some form for a long time. But I also know that Jeff Johns has been a writer on the CW shows for a long time, even going back to season one of arrow. Um, he wrote at least one or two episodes in that first season. He's been very hands on with all of this stuff. So my guess is it's at this point, it doesn't really matter just who approached whom. Yeah. I think it's just kind of been in the ether and it seemed like with the launch of the DC universe app this last year, Um, it seemed like a good time to introduce the concept. Um, Yeah, and it seems to have been successful. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Renewed for another another season. Renewed for another season. Since the DC Universe platform no longer exists, uh, it is going to go over to the CW. um, And I'll be curious if that change of platform affects the quality of the show. Um, I will say uh, um, from a strict, like I'm going to go film nerd on you for a minute. Um, the look of season one is very cinematic it doesn't look like a tv show it feels like you're watching a movie like a mini movie every single episode the the production quality is very good to the point though where when stripe moves it's very like they have a model like a life-size model of stripe so when he's just like parked they can be in front of him that thing's massive it's so cool But when it's moving, it's CG, and the CG budget doesn't quite match the production budget. So there's a suspension of disbelief that's kind of required when you see Stripe do like the little rocket punch, and his fist comes off, and it it looks it looks great for what it is. But it's not going to be like in in two years we'll watch it and be like, oh, this looks rough. (laughs) But um, the CG is minimal. Um, like we don't stripe isn't, we see we're with Pat more than we're with stripe. And when we're with stripe, there's a lot of, they use the, the Tony Stark thing where we'll see a lot of his head, uh, and we'll see like the, the heads up display and we don't necessarily see the armor. Um, and it's, it's, it's very, it's very well paced. Um, but it's, it looks unlike any of the other CW shows, and it ought to because it's, it's the only one that I'm aware of that's actually set on a different Earth outside of maybe Lucifer.
0: Okay, so you're not going to see a Arrow-Supergirl crossover, probably?
1: Uh, Stargirl? <laughs> or
0: I mean, I mean, I mean Arrow-Supergirl
1: oh, crossover yeah. with Stargirl. Um, we might. We might. Yeah, because uh, after the crisis on Infinite Earths, the CW shows all take place on the same earth, and again, I don't know how that works with Lucifer because that's on Netflix, and I know he was in the crossover. Yeah,
0: they, they probably really don't need to. It no, it's just, it just kind of fun it, to, it to it think about. Does doesn't it matter. Doesn't, they, they got matter.
1: enough to pull from. Yeah, yeah no, they don't no, for need sure. Anything for sure. Uh, it's super fun, but yes, though so for right now, Star Girl is separate. So the Green Arrow that exists in her world, while Oliver Queen is not the Oliver Queen that we know from Arrow. So does that make sense? Yes. Check out Stargirl.
0: How can we get a hold of you, Tim, if they, if they want to disagree with you? If you want to disagree with me,
1: me I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, sometimes. <laughs> I'm uh, at M-O-T-H-E-E is my Twitter handle. Um, if you want to just argue with me, that's a good place to argue with me. People don't because I'm always right. Uh, I've never been challenged, so I must be correct in everything I've said. Um if you want to buy comics, I work at Rainbow Comics. I run it in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's where we are right now. Uh, but it's at 1501 Pine Lake Road, Suite 17 in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're right in between Juice Stop and a Nail Salon. So that's pretty fun. Um, if you wanted to call and see if we've got anything in stock at the store, uh, the phone number for the store is 402-975-8332. Or if you want to... You can like us on Facebook at Rainbow Comics Lincoln. There is another Rainbow Comics in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's the same owner. I don't work at that one. Uh, I work at the one in Lincoln, Nebraska. So you can always give us a like on there. Shoot us a message. I will 100% see it uh, and get back in touch with you.
0: So if you want to disagree with him there, you can go there too. Yeah, but why would they but want why to disagree would you want with to?
1: I am so correct yes. all the time, Lee. Yes. All the Proven time. to be
0: right 99.999% of the time. I, I've never been proven to be wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. We'll have to do uh, maybe a Starman
1: episode. Oh, no. That's going to be my new really... white whale. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Always a good time to talk with Tim. He's so passionate about any subject. You can go to covertnerd.net to contact me and find out all the different ways you can reach out to me and let me know what you think about the episode. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And until next time, nerd it up.